0: Good morning. If you're hearing this, it means you're on the public feed for Garage Monologues, which is totally fine. It just means that you're about six months behind when this episode was originally released to my patrons. It also means there is likely to be an ad or two within. The FCC wants me to disclose that. So if you'd like to get caught up instantly and skip the ads, then head on over to patreon.com slash where you can get access to the members-only feed and the entire backlog of Garage Monologues right now. Garage Monologue. <laughs> I to you here. There's a little bit of a, an intro made by Sonny Greenwich Jr., the uh, one and the only, who put that together uh, just out of out of the passion. That he has uh, for music and it's really cool go check him out i'll link to him below but he's a patron he's been a long-time patron and he made uh, a theme for the garage monologues which is super cool oh shoot i'm not recording on the uh the good sound you're gonna get some really crappy sound there at the beginning and now we should have good sound i hope that didn't wake the puppy up no he's good He's very, very asleep. Today I was going to talk about how I don't want to do any more hard things. And uh, it's not really true. It's not that I don't want to do more hard things. I also got to figure out how best to go around setting the microphone up so that it sounds good, but doesn't totally obscure my face. going to be a real monologue this week, uh, or this I, I feel like I want to do these every two weeks or so. So a little bit of housekeeping to start. Uh, I want to do a garage monologue every like two weeks, once with the guest, one without. Uh, so one a month with a guest, one without, just to try it out and see how it goes. I'm also deciding or debating, like, do I keep this patron only uh, forever? Do we release it later, like in seasons for non-patrons, and then you only get it as it rolls out if you are a patron? Because um, I do want to continue to find good ways of just adding value to being a patron of mine. Um, but I also, you know, feel like if anybody that is interested in knowing more of the backstory or being incentivized into becoming a patron and getting to participate, they're going to want to know what they're getting into to some degree. So keeping everything private, especially permanently private, um, kind of, uh, works against that to some degree. So I, I'm open to your thoughts. Feel free to leave those on the post that this goes up on over on Patreon. I've, I've definitely, I had a lot of energy before I went and worked out and now I'm kind of like on a little bit of a slump. So we'll see how the coffee does to pick me up. I'm just gonna leave the slurps and everything in as well, and we'll just get what we get. So sorry again for the opening with the uh cruddy sound. Again, just kind of learning stuff and and thinking about the future. So when I say I don't want to do any more hard things, um what I mean by that more or less is that I've been doing a lot of hard things lately. Uh it's kind of a personality trait anyways. Like I tend to have just line up as many challenging things for myself as possible and and then just dive right into it. And I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily, but it definitely has led me to be very scattered um, to get burned out. And I think that the main thing is like, it's not about not giving into that energy to some degree so much as giving into it in a focused manner so that everything's kind of working towards the same end, the same goal. And then as you reach milestones along those goals, then that is what it enables you to know this is where I need to stop. This is where I need to take a break, pump the brakes, chill. For a little bit you know just have a little vacay and uh and then come back to it instead of always working on so many things that you never get a break but what are the hard things i'm talking about some of them i mean we have talked about this briefly before a couple of them but you know they're i I burned out just uh, doing the vlogging thing and i've been trying to figure out what my vlog looks like what my youtube channel looks like um it's obviously been in a long weird transition and i'm very grateful that you've been there for most if not all of that um Hopefully you can't hear too much of the banging going on outside. Always some scaffolding somewhere being built or torn down when you're trying to do something with audio. The tragedy of my life. So one hard thing is trying to be patient with environmental noises. That's obviously one of the ongoing challenges of life in Paris. Um, no, I, I, I did burn out and I, I kind of like, need, I needed a break and I took a good break. And thank you for being a part of that. I took a good break last year from uh, vlogging, from YouTube, from making videos at all, because just looking at uh, video editing software made me feel physically ill. So that's a sign that maybe you shouldn't be doing that anymore. And the funny thing is that when I stopped, because I never really, really stopped. I'd always kept making videos one way or another and kept things going for a long time. But when I stopped, everything else just became easier. Despite the fact that I was burned out, I got COVID, I was exhausted, I was like sleeping all the time um, and took like three weeks to really just do nothing. When I started doing things again, there was that part of me that wanted to pick up a new challenge and not a work-related challenge, but there's a bunch of personal stuff that I've been wanting to do. And I was like, okay, I got to get on top of this. For one, I uh, realized just how uh, chubby I'd become, uh, thanks especially to lockdown, I think, and... Um, and so I was like okay i'm gonna I'm gonna actually see the goals that I had in the past through to the end this time and uh and lose the weight that I knew I needed to lose. And the funny thing is the crazy thing is that I, i'm gonna hear wonder if I close the window a little bit that helps a little bit at least hopefully we'll see uh the we're learning as we go." You know, I I lost, and I I wanted to make a video. Speaking of hard things that that I had lined up, like I wanted to start another channel, and one of the on the second channel, one of the stories that I wanted to tell was my weight loss journey and how when I turned thirty, I lost forty pounds, I think forty five pounds, um, and then never pushed it beyond that, even though I knew that I needed to. I was still, I think, technically overweight in on the BMI, if not obese, and and just I didn't look how I really wanted, but I was also really, really happy with those results. And I kind of ran out of willpower and life was really challenging and I just kind of let it slide. And so that remaining like 15 or 20 pounds that I had wished I had continued to go, uh, to lose remained in a, a goal on my, on my list. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to start doing that. I'd never gotten my French driver's license. It's one of the things that has intimidated the heck out of me. And I finally got, it. I made a video about that. I really, uh, really, oh man, did not look forward to doing that. And thankfully it turned out just fine. Like uh, it was, it was a challenge. It was hard. It was a few weeks of dedicated effort, but it was very doable. And I'm really grateful to have that behind me. Um, And so I was just knocking out some stuff like that. Obviously the whole IRSF thing, if you listened to the last episode, you know that um, the French tax man came and knocking and Asked, it was not even the tax man, it was the future tax man. It was like the Terminator came back from the future and instead of letting me know that I was going to uh, lead the revolution, it was like you owe us taxes from your future self. <laughs> was like, cool, that's great. That was also the wake-up call because I had a bunch of other stuff going. I had the two secret projects, uh, one of which is an app that is on hold and I hope to get back to someday, one of which was a documentary, which I've been working on the app conceptually at least for like six or seven years and then actually working on the app for I think I mean maybe eight months like from prototype MVP alpha Uh, and then the documentary I've been thinking about since 2019 and then started really working on early 2020 and then worked on it through the pandemic and was and have been working on that since um, and only recently kind of have given up on it but I realized that one was one that I didn't really let like go very quickly. I realized, especially when the tax man came and knocking right after my burnout situation and I was starting to feel a little bit better. Uh, I needed to stop doing everything that I was doing and focus on just one thing for a while. I did continue to do some hard things like the weight loss is a personal thing. And uh, that's also why I wasn't really filming at the beginning about the weight loss or the workout routines that I was putting in. I've been getting into the gym pretty consistently, which I used to before. Before I lived in France, I used to go to the gym regularly. And I I just lost that when I came here because I never got a membership. And because gyms here are tiny and, you know, not what I'm really looking for, but hey, you you, you deal with, you, you take what you can get. I wanted to continue those things. I obviously wanted to get my driver's license. That I got, I think, before I got this horrible tax letter. But then I just realized I'm 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 scattered in too many different directions, and I need to focus in. And so the last hard thing, theoretically, before I decided to get Cooper, was really like figuring out how to home in on um, making my YouTube channel the absolute best that it could be focusing on making the best videos that i could make but also trying to broaden the appeal and accept the fact that like generally i'm pretty much known for the paris stuff like i don't get to choose what i'm known for and i was talking with a friend last night tanisha who will be in uh the tap house video that i'm making she's just like yeah but that's what you're known for and i was like well yeah but that's i've always resisted that she's like well why? And for me, I think a lot of it was identity. I've been going through a lot of identity crises, speaking of hard things. I've been going through a lot of changes. Institutions that I believed in for so long have all kind of failed me, uh, which I think is a generational thing. I don't think I'm alone in that. I think that we're all seeing uh, a struggle with uh, the institutions we were raised to believe in and, um, and everything that we were given to identify ourselves with um, and by. It just doesn't hold up. Um, and doesn't really work in the world that we've inherited. The, I, there's a lot to unpack there. I know. And I would like to get into that more, but in the midst of all that, um, I didn't want to then get pinned down as being like, uh, like the, the new Rick Steves kind of a thing. There's nothing against Rick Steves. I think Rick Steves is great. And I really love his travel philosophy and he's a Washington state boy as well. Um, so it's a mantle that I, I also feel like it would be kind of pretentious to assume was even up for grabs, because um, he's still doing a great job. But I think for me, I really struggled uh, because I, I, didn't, I hate the idea of being quantified and being known as something because I feel like there's a depth to me and a you know a complexity that can't be captured in simple words and phrases. And I realize a lot of that's just immaturity, but a lot of and a lot of it's a, again a generational thing. Um, but um, I've also come to realize that, um, you know, it's okay to lean into something to to take that thing for the fullest ride possible. And then that builds a platform from you, for you to do the next thing if you have a next thing in mind. A lot of the things that I really want to be doing, like fantasy writing and science fiction storytelling, that kind of stuff, um, is simply the, it's a very, very, very steep hill to climb. And my intention is to Get there still um, by taking the the best route that I can find forward, but that is a route that like is really really challenging and has very low rewards. And the Paris stuff has is both fun and like more present here. And what really I, th- I talked about this before, but what really tied it together for me was realizing like I I don't have a passion necessarily for tourism itself. Like people write me emails. Instagram DMs and whatever else. I've had to stop responding to everything. Um And I try to respond to patron messages within a week or two. So sorry if I'm over two weeks, but I always try to respond to patron messages within a couple weeks. Um But people will write me these emails or the, I just got one yesterday and I haven't even opened it. I just saw the notification or DMs, which is why I don't open my DMs anymore or whatever. Just like being like, Hey, I liked your one video that one time. Can you plan my entire vacation? And also like, would you, I don't know. It just like goes on and on with the stuff. And it's like, I'm, I was really excited to show my friends and family my city when they got here. And that really drove a lot of my early video stuff because I was really excited to, to be a tour guide for a while. But that wasn't really the driving passion and when I kind of got into a settled place with my life here in Paris, um, I enjoy sharing the city, but I also just kind of want to get on with regular life. Like I live here. I'm not a, I'm not a tourist myself um, and I don't want to lose the sparkle in my eye. I don't want to lose the, the, the love and the allure of, of exploring and discovering. But I also re- I was struggling to make more of that content and I didn't really know why and what pulled it back together for me and why like, I ended up launching Paris in my pocket, another hard thing that I decided to dive into that I hope really works because it's the thing that I hopefully will, that will uh, set the ship right after the French tried to put some serious holes in it. Thanks, Ursaf. Um, you know, is that uh, what I'm still passionate about though is what had launched the Metro video and the Louvre video and some of those videos that, that did go pretty far was that people I would hear like at the cafe or just uh, out and about or tourists when I was a tour guide, you know that would say like, "Oh, Paris! Like it's it's so confusing and the people aren't nice and the food is bad and the coffee is terrible." And within a given context, all those things can be true. Um, the coffee here can definitely be pretty terrible if you go to the wrong places or to a lot of places. Uh, people here can come across as very rude, especially if you're not used to big city life. Same with like the streets being dirty and, um, the Metro certainly can feel confusing if you've never taken public transportation before, let alone an underground train. So I get it. And I think for me, I just was like, I, it hurt me because I love the city so much. Um, obviously that I want to live here and I wanted to then share. Okay. I feel like if you just had a little better information, you wouldn't feel this way, and if I could put a dent in the percentage of people that leave Paris feeling dissatisfied and upset and hating the French and never wanting to go back, and you know uh, that that experience—if I could help to minimize how often that happens—that that for me would be a huge success. And I totally lost sight of that. I totally lost sight of that and thought, oh no, what I'm doing is like tourism videos. So let me um, give. People tours basically and help them to see the city, and it's funny because the nuance is pretty. It's it, it, it's uh, it's a fine line between the two, really. what I'm making right now, for like Paris in my pocket, is very clearly geared towards visitors, towards tourists, towards people that um, are looking for places to go uh, and are looking for tips on how to get around, and you know, just trying to quell some anxieties before people even get here. That is very, uh, very truly. Uh, what is happening but like the core of it is the differentiator oh i believe it's that time of the episode where i get to thank this episode's sponsor nordvpn who thankfully don't judge me for saying the word episode too many times in my ad read nordvpn has been sponsoring me for a while now and if you've been listening you know that they also are the vpn that i've been using for a long time and therefore It made perfect sense when they reached out for me to sponsor, to be sponsored, to promote them. You know what I mean. I've tried a whole lot of VPNs, and honestly, is the only one that's always worked for me consistently. I went through others that I will not name over the course of years, trying to find my way to content back in the States, especially that I didn't have access to here in France. And lo and behold, eventually, NordVPN turned out to be the one that worked the fastest and most consistently. And because they've got thousands of servers all over the world, and you can just jump into all kinds of different locations, it means that you're pretty much not blocked from seeing anything you want to see. Whether it's getting subtitles in your own language, which I'm assuming is English, if you're listening to this, I could be wrong about that. I know a number of you do not speak English as your first language. Or if it's just wanting to pop around and see what kind of different flight prices you can get. Or if there is even a different movie set of options on, you know, your popular streaming services that will remain unnamed. NordVPN is the place to go. Check it out. Go to nordvpn.com slash VPN. That's nordvpn.com slash jay, spell it out, jay Swanson VPN. It helps the podcast, gets me a little bit of credit, and gets you a little bit of a discount, your 30-day risk-free trial, and we're up and running. Anyways, back to the episode. The differentiator being that like, I'm not I don't know. I don't know how I don't know what it is about tourism necessarily that gets people up and going and they're going to have their own passions and their reasons for doing it. And a lot of people that are very passionate about tourism and do a great work. And I'm grateful that they're here and doing what they do because they make people's experiences in Paris so much better and good tour guides, um, good tour companies make all the difference because when people show up and they're doing their, you know, they're having their, their vacation, that, that might be the one time they actually get to leave the country. It may be the first time they leave the country, it may be the introduction to a completely different lifestyle and, uh, and opening their world. And it can, so I, I think it's actually, I didn't really give myself or, or tourism as a whole, the credit it deserved for how impactful it really could be on an individual's life or on a group's life, a family's life. And so I didn't fully respect it. And, and partially that's a lack of self-respect. Like anything I'm doing, I genuinely and generally just don't respect as much. Cause I'm like, well, if I can do it, anyone can do it. And obviously, you know, I just, I'm working on my own self-respect over here, obviously. I know that's another thing. Graduating from therapy last year, that was another, that was another hard thing to do. Um, I'm still a work in progress, but aren't we all? Um, so for me, actually hanging out one-on-one meeting groups of people doing tours, that kind of stuff doesn't, doesn't do it for me. Like I used to like it, but I think that's because I I had a need for some attention that has been overfilled. Um, and I don't need to be the center of attention anymore. I don't need to be the guy who's leading and, and showing people around and anything like that. Like I'm happy to, uh, you know, hang out on the side which is a huge shift for me That's because I've always been kind of a big man on campus, showy, like do the big like performances and lip syncs and stuff like that. I used to love doing all that and not so much anymore uh, for a number of reasons. And I think it's mostly good and healthy, although I'd like to get back to performing just for the fun of it and not because I need have a need I need to fill. Um, but what, then came around to me and in that inability to understand like why am i struggling to make this stuff it's be it's just it's just that shift in mentality it's not even that the content itself necessarily is all that different but it went from me kind of having no rudder no real direction um in why i was making it i didn't have a why i was making these videos it was just kind of like this is what i make So I'm going to keep making it, and that made it hard to continue. Like the 80 and 8 was a lot of fun, and maybe I'll get back to it at some point. But for whatever reason, it was also really hard, and I struggled. It 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 really pushed me towards burnout faster and harder to make those videos. And I, and this is why. Like um, I would say, I don't know why, but really, it's because I was just making them to make them almost. I'd set a goal for myself, and you know me, like if I set a goal, and I'm going to be disciplined, I'm going to go. So I've had to learn how to quit things this year, which has also been hard. And so in quitting that and just kind of taking a step back, I didn't really know what I was doing or why. And then I was reading this book, which is a really cheesy title, but highly recommended if you're into business stuff, if you want to make a biz- build a business, especially in the modern era where you can be a one person business uh, or a very small business and scale Uh globally and this this book is great it's uh, the fast lane for millionaires i think which is a really cheesy name and the the way he writes is fairly abrasive but he does it specifically because he knows he's writing to an audience that is only going to be pulled in by a little bit of machismo um and he has he has it's a really it, it was it was a good book but one of the things that he said there were two which you've heard infused in what i'm saying today one was Uh, what I said earlier about impacting lives, he said the the goal, like wealth is not money. Wealth is your health and your time, your family, your relationships. Like wealth is something that you, that money can help build space for. So you can build space for the things that are genuinely important in your life and and money can help you do that. So don't shy away from wealth, which the way that I was raised, wealth was evil. Money was evil, Uh, not maybe necessarily overtly, but, you know, you know uh, the shame around money. So I've avoided having money for most of my life. That was really helpful. But he said that the, the way that you generate money and build that wealth is by having an impact on people's lives. Like the, the bigger and more positive an impact you can have, the more money will be waiting for you on the other side. So if you can either impact people very deeply on an individual basis, like they will pay a high premium for that one-on-one or a small group thing. If you can impact lots of people, um, then you'll have a lot of people that give you a little bit. And if you can impact a lot of people deeply, then you're hitting a sweet spot there. Um, And that phrasing for me was really important because again, I needed to generate or develop some self-respect and some respect for what I was providing, um, what I'm producing via uh, the YouTubes and how I'd get a lot of very nice messages and I never fully appreciated. I mean, people are so nice. They send me money after their trips, like, or I've had people send me on many occasions. I've had people send me a tip basically like 20, 30, 50 bucks, just saying, Hey, my wife or my husband just got back from their trip. I didn't get to go with them, but they had such a good time and you had such an impact on that, that I want to it, like, that's moving that's, that's moving. Like they just, they, they didn't even go on the trip and they, and and I, and I never really accepted that. And I never really saw that for being the value that it was. Um, not because it's not valuable, but because I didn't value myself and didn't value my work. Um, and so that was, that was really, really, really important to see and to understand that what I'm creating can genuinely be impactful um and it's a validation of what i'm doing from a business standpoint that this is worth pursuing because it's it's something that that can and will sustain itself in me and those dreams and those hopes that i have for the future the things that i want to build the life that i want to build um and you're obviously a huge part of that thank you for being if you're listening to this watching this then you're clearly a part of that and thank you um so that that that's been something that I've been learning, which has been hard and then um, the other side of it your passion and what he said about that was that he you know he was like don't do what you're passionate about like if you if you love painting like I love making videos if you do that for money it's gonna it's gonna change it and it's gonna wreck it like if you have a hobby, keep it a hobby too late but um, if there's something that you can infuse in that, like a passion that can drive you and motivate you, um, that can be anything from helping other people to like building the house that you want to build to, you know, whatever it is, like whatever it is that gets you up in the morning and gets you going, it's the most exciting thing, like to focus on that. And that was the thing that, that in thinking about it, reflecting on it, journaling a little bit, that st- stood out to me when I realized, oh, my passion is helping people to love this city, like giving people the information they need to have the best chance possible of loving Paris right off the bat. Like how do I help them to get through the stress and the annoyance of entering into one of the train stations, getting into Charles de Gaulle? Like the, the train stations are okay. The airports are brutal. Um, in my opinion, I think I used to love Charles de Gaulle and now I'm just like, ugh, it's so bad. Um, there's so many better airports in the world. Ah, uh, the, The middle of the century was not kind uh, to French design. But how do I help people to overcome these challenges, avoid scams, get oriented, nowhere to go, nowhere to eat, nowhere to drink, um, to put their feet up, to get a good photo, to have a nice time? Like, obviously, there's a million people telling you what to do in Paris, and there's a a gajillion ways to do Paris. and, And I can only offer my side of it and my, you know view on it but my goal isn't to again become the Paris guy like I'm not gonna go so mainstream that everyone's gonna come to me because I think that that becomes bland and loses um all sense and taste of who I am but what I want to do is be the Paris guy for some people and to make sure that they have the best possible time that they they can and one of the things that's been very hard for me with the whole like parasocial relationship side of things and connecting with so many amazing people like so many of you watching this and listening are so kind and so amazing and so many other people that are not patrons but i've met in other ways or are constantly commenting um they're just around and are very nice um and are just lovely and i think i'd probably get along with great it's just overwhelming at some point because i'm a recovering people pleaser. I have a hard time saying no to people. I have a hard time uh, ending conversations because I feel like I'm being rude just by being like, I literally need to go. I have a puppy. I need to wake up. Is he awake? Nope, he's still sleeping. We had a late start this morning. I like think I said that earlier. Um, You know, I think that's also been one of the overwhelming things of knowing that the tourism side of things is is very powerful and connective. Like People really want to connect when they're here. Um, and I know that cause I get, again, lots of invitations for coffee and drinks and dinner. And it's always very nice, but it's overwhelming and it's, it's hard to know what to do with exactly. And so I'm trying to do my best, um, I'm trying to be a very gracious, uh, practice, graciously practicing the yoga of no, and also practicing, um, letting go and not having FOMO because the hardest part is knowing that I'm missing out on meeting some really cool people and, uh, you know, the social anxieties and whatever else that crop up because of all that, like just need to be dealt with first. And I need to deal, I need to be in a healthy, happy, stable, secure place before I put myself out there too much. And I need to remember that, um, despite having this sense of connection with the amorphous blob, um, as well as the, the, uh, the one-on-one connections that come back from that, if that makes sense. I haven't talked about the amorphous blob in a while, but it's all confusing and kind of messy and wonderful and glorious. And I really like it a lot and it's really cool. Uh, it's also just, it's a lot. And so I think that's another reason why I kind of pushed away from that. So all that to say there's been a lot of good stuff going on a lot of hard stuff. I've had to let go of a lot of projects, some are on the back burner, some I'm just dropping entirely. Um, focusing on Paris in my pocket, getting that up and running because I know that it'll do well. I know that it'll, or I believe in it and I think that belief is showing fruit. I think that it just offers that information that people need. I'm a little bit tired or just bored with telling my own story in a way. Like that's what, this is a good way of doing it where I can just do this in an unfiltered sit down talk kind of a way. But vlogging about my daily life, I've done it 1200 times. You know, I've, I've, I've made, I've made, if you include weekly vlogs, I've made, um, maybe even more than that, 1,300, 1,400 videos. Yeah, at least like 1,400 vlogs about my life. Um, and I believe that I could get back into it. And someday I would like to do like a, a limited daily vlog run like for a month or something just to go for it. Um, I think it'd be a lot of fun. I miss it. But I'm just kind of like, I need a break from it. And so this is a good way to take a break from that by making videos specifically about the Paris stuff go to california I'm filming a little bit like i'm gonna I'm, I'm already filming season nine when things are happening like films when we went to Barcelona to make sure I got cooper's first flight uh and my first time in Barcelona films helping a friend move into his place films uh, I was just you know I'll keep filming a little bit film a little bit in california film uh me applying for my French citizenship the next hard thing on the list but all that to say that like i've you come to recognize and understand that life is an endless series of hard things whether they're inflicted upon us or we choose to inflict them upon ourselves that that's all life is is moving from one problem to the next and working to solve it and then the next one comes and i think we tend to fixate on this future that will alleviate that forever that we will somehow reach a plateau where we've we've dealt with all the problems they're solved now congratulations We can move on. And that future doesn't exist um, because there will just always be problems. And the harder we work at solving all of our problems, in a way, almost the more problems we bring on ourselves, the more that we just pile it on and uh, add space for more of them to to enter into our lives. Not to say you shouldn't try to solve your problems. Obviously, we should try to solve them. But by accepting that they're always going to be there, I feel a sense of freedom to be like, okay, well, let's just approach the ones that are in front of us Deal with those now, and then we'll see what comes after. And so when I say I don't want to do any more hard things, I don't really mean I don't want to do any hard things. I mean, some days I don't. I'd rather just sleep in. But what I mean is, well, let's just keep doing hard things. (laughs) One at a time, or as many as we have to at a time. I'm almost at the limit. I think the camera's going to cut out which was exactly what it did. Um, But I think that that's good for today. Um, A couple other things. Well, Cooper's going great. We can talk about Cooper some other time. Working on impulse control so he doesn't jump at other people and dogs and pigeons and children and stuff like that because he's just so excited to play. That's all he wants. He just wants to play. It's cute. It's lovely. But it's got to stop. I also ordered some new stickers for um, three-year patrons so uh, we, we have a thing, we have the, the loyalty stickers for six months, a year, and two years, and we've been sending random stuff to the three-year patrons to thank them, and I was like, let's just make a new one. So it's actually a Cooper sticker, which I'll show you at some point here, um, and we might turn that into like a shirt or a mug or something, but the sticker, of course, will remain only for our patrons, so we will be sending those to you soon, uh, once I have them, and Kate will get those out. Kate's still working with me just on the mailing, which is really, really uh, huge blessing i'm glad that she's around um maybe we'll have her on a podcast one of these days so you can get some of the uh assistant little sister secrets she's basically my little uh parisian sibling um she'll never replace my real sibling my sister karen who who, if she's listening to this will always be number one in my heart but uh kate's got some dirt and she might she might share it with you um that's about it, I think. I've got to go have lunch with Lindsay. I'm filming a little bit of like uh, sneaky sandwich videos, like good sandwiches in the city of a variety of types, uh, which I think will be fun. And I'm just going to keep on plugging away and keep on moving. And I'm going to keep on taking care of myself. Uh, the weight loss, I'm going to continue until I go to the States. I think I should be at a good place by then. My real goal is just to have a flat stomach at this point. I would like to get there never had that before in my life um i don't know if i'll get there but i'll keep trying keep working towards it and um yeah and then i'll just kind of keep focusing on doing what seems to be best and healthiest and and we'll see where it goes from there thank you for watching and listening thank you for your support as always so grateful to have you here and i will see you again here very soon uh at least for more Paris in My Pocket stuff the how to get around Paris video is getting redone because uh, I had to go refilm that because that seemed like it was too much too long and then there's a bunch more coming I better get the puppy up because he's Two sleepy podcast